We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you all the hoops, no hot takes, just taking you through all the news going on around the NBA. We had opening night last night, so plenty to talk about from that. We've got some injury updates to dive into as well. I'm Trevor Lane. Find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, basketball is back, and I'm excited. You know, opening night, despite the, the struggles that my Lakers had, it was still a fun opening night. And uh, we've got even more good basketball on the way tonight. I'm glad to see you're staying positive. I, I, I was a little bit worried about you last night. I sent a text here. Uh, I don't know. It was what, probably close to one ish uh, a.m. on the East Coast when, when I sent you that note. Just just checking in on you, make sure you're okay. I didn't know if you're like, I'm done with this season. I'll see you next year. I'll see you in July. Um, but but you're hanging in there. I, 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 I appreciate that. So hey, one thing. Every time you say hoops without the hot takes, yeah, it makes me think that a really good name for a morning basketball show would be Hoops and Hot Cakes. Oh, that is a good idea. Yeah, right. That is yeah. a good idea. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I like th- patent pending copyright <laughs> NBA for an <laughs> office show. <laughs> and, then, and then we can start throwing in you pancake eating MF or all the yeah, time, exactly. right? Like at the yeah. end of that show. Yeah, we'll we could try to get guests like, like Darvin Ham and Eggs, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Bacon. <laughs> Uh, we we are off the rails already we on this show. Here we go. <laughs> did not uh, take long. Nope, um, it did not. Yeah, let's talk about opening night. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, your let's start off with the the initial game. Uh, the you've got the 76ers against your Boston Celtics. I thought this was a pretty fun game. You had James mm-hmm. Harden doing James Harden things, uh, hitting the step back threes. Getting you must have been going crazy. Getting fouled on three point attempts. Left and right, it felt like it. Yeah. What it was like three times in the first half or something like that, um, and then the Celtics ultimately step it up. But how did you feel from you know, from this game, from the Celtics' perspective, and just from entertainment value? What, what were your takeaways from this? Yeah, entertainment value is a little tough, especially the first half. There were like something like fifty six free throws between yeah. the two teams in the first half, or something. I, it was just a very large number. It was not good. Um, that's not. We don't want that, right? That's unfortunately that's going to be Philly games all all, all season long, right? It's going to be uh, Harden, you know, Embiid. running down the court, you know, running into guys. Embiid's going to pile up free throws. Tyrese Maxey's so quick; he's going to be getting guys into foul trouble and and getting them in the bonus early. So, um, but that said, you know, fun game. 
you know, in the second half, really, you know, and people will say, well, that's because the Celtics were winning. But the reality is it's that's when the game I thought flowed better. I thought it was just just a more fun watch at that point. So um, all around good performance from the Celtics. I feel uh, pretty good about, you know, the reasons I picked Jason Tatum to win MVP. I thought he showed a lot of that stuff. I think he's uh, really increased his uh, foul drawing craft uh, going to the basket. He's getting low. He's getting underneath guys. Um, Him and Jalen Brown are going to be really tough in the open court with the take foul gone. Uh, You could see it a couple times. Philly was like, "Eh." and then, Philly doesn't they they played no defense throughout the entirety of this game. James Harden was an absolute embarrassment on that end. And then I thought Joel Embiid looked kind of slow and sluggish, which I didn't really expect on opening night. But you know, all, all, all around, you know, good good game for Boston. They've got a lot of stuff to clean up too, uh, especially you know, defensively. I think uh, not having Robert Williams, you know, threw them off a little bit. Uh, it's going to obviously take Noah Vonley and Blake Griffin a little bit of time to get their coverages down. Uh, Blake was laying back. That's not generally I think how Boston wanted to defend some of those actions. But you know, good good stuff all around for the Celtics in an opening win. So you've got in this one, you have Jason Tatum shooting as many free throw attempts, nine as Joel Embiid. If you're the 76ers, that's that's big trouble, right? If Jason Tatum is getting as many free throw attempts as Joel Embiid, you, you've got big problems there. Tatum shoots 30, puts up 35, 12, and four uh, on the night, 35 points, 12 boards, and 35 points from Jalen Brown as well. So you got 70 points out of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's pretty incredible yep. um, that they were able to. 21 uh, out of 25 up. on two pointers. Man, that's, in the game, yeah. That, that's, I mean, credit to them. That's also unsustainable, but that's sure. an amazing, yeah. an amazing night. Well, no question. It isn't. It isn't because a lot of them were layups. So, sure. you know, now again, Philly's defense was really, really bad. So, yeah. you know, that that's probably not going to happen all the time. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, they 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 got what they wanted and, and got into it pre- pretty good. I thought too, Malcolm Brogdon looked good. First game as a Celtic played really well. I gave them kind of exactly what they're looking for. Uh, you know, really nobody for Boston didn't play well. Even Al Horford, uh, you know, at times was a little bit of struggle for him, just couldn't get his jumper to go down. But he he, he played Embiid tough uh, despite a lot of fouls and made it really hard on him in the second half. So I, I thought that was good uh, to see as well. So, you know, yeah, I have no, no complaints at all out of, you know, really anything from the Celtics side. James Harden was definitely, I mean, he put up a fine stat line, 35, eight and seven for Harden. You'll, you'll take that five and nine from three, mm-hmm. but was a turnstile on defense. They, they were going yeah. right at him and mm-hmm. just, I mean, it was like he wasn't there. So yeah. PJ uh, Tucker too. Tatum went at PJ Tucker off the bounce quite a bit. Yeah. And that was something that cropped up some in the Eastern conference finals uh, with PJ Tucker struggling a little bit. So that's something I'm, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on uh, here. I think one thing I would look for, let me rephrase. I would look to do, I don't think Doc Rivers is going to do it because he's never done this. I would stagger Harden and Embiid. I would get them out early, do an early sub, get them out, let Maxie and Harris really push. Those two guys want to get out and run. Get get out and run, push pace. Then come back with Harden and, and Embiid to bridge the like Q, Q1, Q2 and bridge Q3, Q4. 
and let them do work against backup units. I think it'd be absolutely devastating uh, to have them out there against backup groups because nobody has a very few teams have a starting five who can handle Joel Embiid. Nobody has a backup five who can sure. really handle him. And, you know, just let them kind of do that. But Doc doesn't do that. He doesn't really stagger guys. He tends to play more unit based than, you know, he does staggering. And we'll, we'll, we'll see if that's something, you know, he gets to at some point, but uh, history tells me, I don't think we're going to see that. There is a bit of a conflict there offensively where you've got Maxi and Harris wanting to play at one one pace and Harden and Embiid wanting to play at another. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that comes together. And then P.J. Tucker is just kind of along for the ride with whoever whoever has the ball at the, at the time on the offensive end of that starting lineup. Um, let's jump over to, I mean, maybe it's an oversimplification, but ultimately the uh, the Lakers can't shoot and the Warriors can. And that's, that's kind of how we saw... Uh, that gave play out last night. Not you Is know that what? your version of it's a make or miss league. <laughs> like, that, I guess. I, yeah, I mean, but, but, I mean, no, knew, that's pretty accurate. We knew going into this game that er, going into the season that the Lakers hadn't put a lot of shooters around the the team. We'll talk about that in a minute when we get to LeBron's quote. But it, I was also very noticeable that the Warriors play like a team that's been together for a number of years, and the yeah. Lakers are playing like a team who just got thrown together and had essentially zero minutes on the court together during the course of preseason. And uh, that's, that's pretty much what it looked like, which is kind of what I expected going to, maybe that's why I'm not, you know, the sky isn't falling because I kind of saw what I was expecting to see. Yeah. I'm not going to go crazy over losing games to the Warriors, right? They're the champions. So it, it was more, the way the Lakers looked in the second half for most of it. The third quarter, it, especially. Yeah. And they made in that fourth quarter, they made one of those kind of runs. And I tweeted at the time of the thing that's tough against the Warriors is you can rip together like a big run, get back into the game. And then three straight possessions, they hit three pointers. And then all of a sudden it's over. And yeah. it's like, it, there's just nothing you can do about it. Right. And that's a, kind of exactly what happened. Uh, the Lakers, you know, put together a nice run. The Warriors came down. I think it was three straight trips. The last one, I think Steph got a four point play and that, that was it. The, the, the game was, wasn't close again. And then I think it was shortly thereafter that uh, both sides kind of emptied the benches, but yeah, I think with, with the Lakers, we can get to the LeBron quote. He was asked uh, after the game and he basically said, Look, we don't have a roster that is shooting. Um, you know, I, I something like we, we don't have a lot of lasers out there. I, I believe was was the exact wording on it, and he's not wrong. You know, and, and I'm seeing people kind of rip him for it, but we ask these guys really? to be honest. If we ask them to be honest, then we can't be mad when they are, right? I mean, that's just the reality. Yeah. I mean, what's he what's he supposed to like? Yeah, he he said that you know that they're getting great looks. He also questioned whether or not. Teams are giving them mm -hmm. great looks, like knowing that, hey, they're probably not going to knock them down. But they're shooting. I, I did the math today. They're shooting 28% from three um, between preseason and regular season added up. Preseason, of course, a little bit muddied because you have guys who aren't in the rotation or even on the team anymore that are going to you know factor into that. But still, 28% mm -hmm. from three sure. through seven games now. That's four plus percent lower than the worst three-point shooting team in the league last year, Oklahoma City. So... Yeah, they're they're shooting incredibly poorly. It's a LeBron saying that. That's that's just on it. It's in the numbers. It's in black and white. There's there's nothing else you can say to really try to soften that. That just is what it is. They're not shooting well. They are getting good looks, and they've got to figure out how to knock them down. Whether that's just via positive regression to the mean, which I think will come at some point. Again, I did the math this morning, and they're. If you took everybody's percentages and volume from last season and just transported that into this season, they would be shooting 33% from three as a team, which is not good. 
It's not sure. good. It would be in the running for worst in the NBA, but it's not 28% from three bad. So there probably is some improvement in there. But then other than that, you're going to need, frankly, probably a trade in order to to make any kind of significant improvement in that area. Yeah, and that's where you know I wonder, does LeBron saying this openly, um, Russ, we're going to get into him in a minute. He's clearly he's not happy, right? And that's not, I'm not breaking any oh, news no. there, right? I mean, we all know this. Um, and, you know, just anybody seeing it, like the, the, the offensive balance just isn't there. It's, it's basically, you know, and this is seeing this with, I thought Russ actually play, played a pretty good game. Oh, he was I fine. Thought, he, was, he wasn't you know, the problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, he certainly wasn't. Um, you know, and I'm not even gonna rip their defense too much because again, it's the Warriors, right? Like it's you know, kind of is what it is. AD had a stretch in the first half where it's like, okay, if they're getting this AD on yeah, both ends of the good. floor, like you're now now we're talking about you know a team to really watch here. But problem is sustaining that, you know, and it's I mean, at this point in his career, I think LeBron very much picks and chooses when he's gonna defend. Um, the rest of the roster, Patrick Beverly you know, tries, but when he's kind of the only guy fighting through screens and stuff, there's only so much he can do. But to where that all adds up for me is you got to start to wonder is does LeBron put pressure on to make a trade and quote unquote, save the season, or does LeBron say, you know what, let's play it out. I'll break the scoring record. We'll have cap space in the summer. We can really reset this roster in a nice way. And let's, let's do that. And that's, I, I think there's a possibility that's the way it goes too. Uh, I think, you know, people are uh, jumping to, and I, and I tweeted it just more, you know, out of the wanted to see what their response would be is what's the over under on when they trade both first rounders for healed and Turner. Right. Cause right. that we just, we know that trade's been sitting there for it's, a while. It's, but it's there it's, for them when they want. Yeah. yeah. So it's, but it's, I, I don't, like I, you know, some people are like, well, what today's the 19th. So probably the 20th, like, you know, and those kind of things. And like, yeah, I don't think it's coming that quickly by any means, but I, I don't know that that's going to be obviously a talking point. I've seen it already online today. And uh, some of the shows I know are getting into it of like, they've got to do this. Cause they gotta, you have to win with LeBron, but if LeBron's like, Hey, it is what it is this year, you know, let's you know kind of do our thing. Then, I, I don't know. I'm not going to get too worked up over it. Here's here's the thing. It, they have to do. They have to walk a very fine line here for this this trade situation. See, what they have to do is they have to show the front office that they are good enough that they just need a little bit more in order to really be something, while at the same time being bad enough to present that kind of urgency. You know, like if they're keeping their heads above water then the front office can just kind of float along and say, okay, well, you know, we'll wait and see what's going to come along, see if something better comes along in January or, you know, December, February, whatever it is. We'll wait and see what happens, what happens from here. Uh, losing games like this can help increase the urgency to get something done now. But there's also a threshold where if you look really, really bad and you're the Lakers front office and you just say, well, yeah, we can give up both picks, but Turner and Heald aren't fixing this. Right, it's like putting a bullet or put a, a bandaid on a on a bullet wound. It's not going to do anything. Well done, Taylor so, Swift. <laughs> is that a Taylor Swift thing? Yeah, Band-Aids I have no idea. Fix bullet holes. Yeah, come on now, come on. You're not a closet Swifty. Let's go. No, I didn't. Your daughter's know. not old enough yet. That's no, that's problem. what it is. She's not yeah. Swifty. That's a thing. Wow, yeah, Swifties, man. Listen. Dude, you're supposed to be the cool one on this show. If I'm having to carry our cool cred, <laughs> we have a lot of problems. 
my my daughter is six we've spent we've spent the last few days uh living in i don't know something called tots a, a show that's on i don't know netflix or something like that and and we've been doing uh lego avengers and that that sort of that's the world that i've been, been living in nice so. well lego avengers is solid i have no idea what the other thing you're talking yeah, about. yeah I, I don't even fully when, know. when when ours was six it was she was all about the paw patrol i think it was so. we we still get that yep. yeah i like yep, the paw patrol yeah. You ever does she ever get up and leave the room and then like you're like, well, I gotta see how this episode ends. Like that's that used to happen to us all the time. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. I gotta see what happens here. You know, so I'm not I can't say that. that's the case. <laughs> I hung in on a few episodes of the Paw Patrol back in the day of uh all right, I gotta see I gotta see if Marshall can get him out of this one. I'm usually pretty quick to sw to switch it over to uh <laughs> to one of the games that was on at the time, but um oh, well, but yeah. I mean, that's fair, too. If there's yeah. games on, I'm not watching the Paw Patrol. But, <laughs> I mean, it's not a lot. It's not a lot of lot to watch at, you know, 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, always. Unless the well, Premier League's going on. That, well, there you go. There you go. You All right. I don't even remember where we were. Well, so, so we're at the, the Lakers and there's their situation with their shooting and do they pull a trade or not. And again, it's just it's walking that fine line. They have to mm -hmm. show that they yeah. are good enough to where a Miles Turner, Buddy Heel, that level of player, not those guys specifically necessarily, but that level of player would mean something to them. Because if not, then there, there's not a lot of incentive there to do something. So it'll be interesting to see how they approach this as kind of the season goes on. You want to talk about a deal they could have done, yeah. supposedly? So yep. this report came from Tony Jones of The Athletic. Um, he, he's a Utah-based uh, writer. He's a beat writer for the Jazz. He says that the Lakers passed on Utah's offer of Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, Rudy Gay, and a 2023 first-rounder. So the Lakers would have got one coming in for uh, – West, Russell Westbrook obviously is the salary match and then first round picks in 2027 and 2029. How do you feel about that? I feel it's misleading. Okay. I, feel it's, I feel it's misleading because I think people are going to run with that and go, oh, that would mean they're really only giving up a first one first round pick and they're getting Bogdanovich. And, and first of all, like Bogdanovich got traded for Kelly Olenek, right? Like there obviously mm -hmm. wasn't a ton of value around the NBA and you could say, well, maybe the Lakers should have beat that offer, but I think we have to keep in mind that, and this is what I don't like about that report, is that he didn't say what the draft pick is. And that's, there's such a wide mm -hmm. range in value there. Like if that was, and there's no chance they would do this, but if that was the Jazz first round pick, their first round pick unprotected in 2023, mm -hmm. then the Lakers are absolute fools for not taking that. Absolutely. Sure. Like you take that in a heartbeat. But that's not the case. That's almost certainly not the case. And I think that's what people tend to think of when they hear first round picks. But you've got all of these first round picks coming in for the Jazz. They picked up a bunch of them. I mean, it could have been the Minnesota first round pick. It could have mm -hmm. been a first round pick um, from what they've got a pick that's coming from either Houston, yeah, it's Brooklyn, the least or favorite. Philly. Yeah, it's the worst of Brooklyn, Houston, and Philly so, that they're going to get. So, yeah. So you're talking, most likely, you're talking about a late first for your future first unprotected. And then when you add that in and you're not, it's not truly like an unprotected first in 2023. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I get why, you know, Bogdanovich, Conley's contract is not a positive. That's a negative value. And then Rudy Gay is that I don't think he's gonna a guy that's gonna do a lot for you. So mm-hmm. you're really kind of giving that up for Bogdanovich, and then you're having to take on Conley's contract. I, I see why the Lakers would pass on that. Yeah, I think if I'm the Lakers, I, I want to hold out if I'm giving up both first. For now, I'm a big boy on Bogdanovich fan. I don't understand. Oh yeah, why he'd be a nice fit. Was so minimal. Yeah, exactly. He'd be a great fit. You know, he that's what they don't have. Right, they don't have any kind of wings with size that aren't LeBron. Um, so, you know, he, he would have been really good, good for them. And plus, I mean, yeah, if LeBron's going to be your primary playmaker, you Bogdanovich knows how to play That's he's been doing that his whole career, uh, with, you know, playing off guys and he can do some stuff with the ball in his hands, uh, when, when he has to create, you know, off the move and things like that. But yeah, I, 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 I look at it as I, I probably would have said no too if I was the Lakers. Um, yeah, if it was Utah's pick, yeah, then absolutely you have to do it because that's just you know that's just dumb if you didn't. Oh do yeah, because then you're really only giving up one first round pick for all that's those guys like and it's a you know. and it's an earlier pick and it's exactly I mean you yep. went beyond love, but that but that's why yep. it there's but no way even if it was would Utah, not have been exactly it would have been yeah. lottery it protected gonna, or yeah. You know. In, in Utah might even have done it as, hey, we'll give you the worst of because they could have roped it all in with you know Minnesota and you know everything and you know, roped it all in that way too. So yeah, I I I, I get it. I get why it's a story, right? Because it's you know it's theoretically could have filled filled a couple holes there, could have got off Ross, but you know it's it's just you know I I think they're going to be very choosy with moving those picks if if they ever do, right? I mean, it, it's funny. Hopefully we're still doing the show and we can talk about if they ever traded those picks. Uh you know, down, you know, 5 and 7 years from now, That's but, right. but but we'll we'll you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh last thing on the Lakers just Russell Westbrook says he absolutely believes coming off the bench caused his hamstring injury. Um, I don't know. I, I get where he is coming from, that he's had his his pregame routine yep. for his entire career, and he knows exactly what he wants. I mean, we these guys are meticulous with this yep. stuff. Um, a lot of players, both sides, have talked about it. They talked about it after last night. Hear it on every single ring night. It's a just it's a screwed up night because you take your timings all off and everything gets thrown off because you warm up. Then then there's this long ceremony and then there's like another quick like five minute warm up um, before you you go. So guys, just timing is thrown off by that. But these guys are you know I mean you've been in, yep and you've been in enough locker rooms just like I have where it's. Yo, at yo, an hour before on the clock, I go out and I do my shooting, and then yep. you know, at 45 minutes, I do my stretches and all those kind of things and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I think we're in a 
Sorry, I just there's a big like crash outside my my thing. There's just somebody dumping their trash bucket. I'm oh, make okay. sure it wasn't a car accident yeah. like, in the street. Um, that that was it, the sound it, of the Lakers <laughs> missing another shot. That's what it was. It, <laughs> it did sort of sound like that. Um, but yeah, so I get where Russ is coming from. It, it may have right. I mean, he doesn't know. And and one thing I think we can say about Russ is, even last year, as poor as things went, he still goes pretty hard. When he's on the floor, he still plays, you know, pretty fast. He's still going really hard. He still turns on the jets. And yeah, if you don't know how to slowly build into a game coming off the bench, you want to come in shot out of a cannon. It, maybe it did, you know, cause him to, you know, maybe pull something a little bit, but the reality is I think for more, I think people are going to be like, whatever, dude, no one wants to hear it. Right. I, that's well, my take. The there reason. were those who were, accusing Russell Westbrook of faking the hamstring injury that it was that it didn't happen and that that was him protesting coming off the bench um and then they're using this to kind of back up that claim that see he's just trying to manipulate this situation because he doesn't want to come off the bench so of course he's saying that coming off the bench hurt him so therefore you can't bring him off the bench because oh he's going to get hurt if he comes off the bench so I don't buy it. Um, I don't. I don't buy that that premise. I don't think. I, I would hope anyway that he wouldn't do that. I would. I would rather not buy yeah. it and be proven wrong. You know, sure. than, than the other way. But, yeah. um, but in any event, I I understand where he's coming from. That it does throw off your routine. It's not like he just volunteered this information. He was asked the question about mm -hmm. his routine and whether or not that routine being thrown off could have throw could have been a factor in his hamstring injury and he said absolutely and you know we went into his explanation of why when you when you read the quote it feels kind of damning but then when you listen to him if you go and you actually watch the clip and you hear what he says yeah it, it actually it makes some sense like you can understand kind of what he's sure. saying and what he's trying to get across and all of that so i'm not jumping to conclusions here on this and saying oh this is terrible that he said you know some people are, are going to that level i will say it, what he what he said is very different than I won't come off the bench because mm -hmm. I think I'm going to get hurt. That's not what he said. He he just said this could have been a contributing factor. If he had taken that next step and said, and because of this, I'm not going to come off the bench because he could still figure out his warm-up routine and everything. The first time, that's, that's fine if it's a little bit difficult to kind of sort through that and everything. But sure. at some point, if you just said, look, Russ, you're coming off the bench, you're going to have to figure out how to do your warm-up, whether you go, you ride the stationary bike when you're not in, whatever it is, right? there's a path to get there. If he's saying, I refuse to do that, then that's a different conversation, but that's not what the message that's being put out. here. No, completely agree. And I think you made a really important distinction too. It wasn't like they said, so Russ, you know, how do you feel like it went? And you just say, Hey, I hurt my hamstring. Cause I yeah. came off the bench. It's not how it went down. He was asked specifically, you know, what he thought happened and, you know, did he think coming off the bench, maybe let it, it's almost like what, when you say something, you, you ask one of those leading questions where, yep. where, where it's like, Hey, you want, pizza tonight right like like that's it, it it was it wasn't exactly like that but it was almost like hey did coming off the bench hurt your hamstring like you know or I, it was something in that range. in an ideal world everyone would get money for winning employee of the month right yeah right everyone would get pizza all the time whenever you want it right i mean come on now but yeah it's uh yeah no i hear you man it's uh it's it you know it kind of is what it is it's just you know anything like this that's the slight slightest bit of negativity around this team right now it's just going to get blown into a major major story because everybody's waiting for i think quite frankly lebron to just kind of blow his top and be like i'm done 
blow it up, get rid of everybody, let's start over. And I, I just don't know that that's going to happen. I, honestly, I don't think it is. No, I, I don't think so either. As, well, definitely not publicly, but uh, I, yeah. I need to get your take on this. Charles Barkley last night at halftime of the Lakers-Warriors game went on a rant, said that the Lakers have stolen all the joy from <laughs> Russell Westbrook from playing basketball. I had a reaction to this that I put up on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. How, from a neutral point of view, what? How do you feel about about that? I think it is. I wrote a million years ago. Um, it was actually on Medium. I wrote an article called "It Doesn't End Well," and it was about veteran players' careers that just they end weird, right? Rarely do you get the, um, and he didn't even get it, but rarely do you get the MJ hits the game winner in the finals, walks off a court off the court as a champion is never heard from again. He didn't even get it. Cause then he did those goofy wizards years. Right. But I think Russ is caught in that. It's not ending. Well, it's, he's not the same player. He was, he will never be that player again. It can be very hard for guys to adjust. And, and if he, if he wants to hang around, he can either do one of two things. It's either going to be this for a few more years, but progressively sadder and turn into something nobody really wants to see. Or he can do the Derrick Rose approach of, you know what? I am going to rebuild my game. I'll be a bench scoring weapon. That's what I'll be. I will fully adapt and adjust to that's what I'm going to be. And Derrick Rose has carved out easy five extra years that nobody thought he was going to have in his career by saying, all right, I'll come off the bench and that's what I'll become. There's no reason Russ couldn't do that beyond some guys just can't. If he's not wired that way, he's not wired that way. And that's that's fine. It's a, it's what kills me is the people who are now turning it into, well, you know, this guy was never good. I mean, that's just dumb. We don't that's need to true. do yeah. that. Like just because, you know, I mean, was Shaq never good because his last year he was hurt almost all year in Boston and didn't, you know, score 20 points per game. That's stupid. No, he was dominant. He was Shaq. He was one of the best players of all time. I mean, it's just the reality is very few players get the storybook ending in their career. And we're seeing it happen again with Russ. It's just you know where this kind of is right now for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was that was my thought as well, was that it's not. This isn't a, I mean, look, it's been contentious with Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. They've been trying to trade him. Lakers fans yep. have not gotten along with Russell Westbrook. That hasn't gone well. A lot of that has to do with his contract, though, in, in addition to his play on the floor. this is, It's not all on Russ, but it's he's not all blameless in this either. No. So when you say that someone sure. has stolen the joy from him or whatever, that, that, that's trying to absolve him of blame in this situation. And there's, there's plenty of blame to go around to a lot of different parties that are involved here. Yeah. This is a hundred percent trying to hammer a square peg into a round hole. Yep. And it's like, you know, it's like that commercial that was on, I don't know, probably 10 years ago now where he's like, just keep hitting it. It'll fit. It feels like that's what's happened here for, you know, now a year plus we're in the year number two of just keep hitting it and we'll, we'll make it fit. And eventually it's going to be, something's going to break, right? Either the, the peg's going to break or the, the, uh, you know, the box that you're trying to hammer it into is going to break or whatever. And then off you go. But, Damn, I, I don't know. I, I probably lost that whole analogy. Let's just. No, no, no. I, I think I, I had a worse one on the Lakers Nation show, the live show last night. Somehow, somehow Arby's got roped in. Uh, nice. It was bad. But, I like Arby's. You know, Arby's, Arby's is good. The analogy was bad. But um, Arby's online. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I, uh, so when I, when I look, just to kind of close the book on this, when I look at, at Russell Westbrook, I look at his performance last night. I thought, you know what? He wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. He was not the problem last night. However, nope. he didn't solve 
he doesn't solve the problems that the team does have. Yeah. What, what he does doesn't solve what they, the problems that they have. Yep. He wasn't the problem last night, but he doesn't solve the problems either. So that's no, completely that's where they're at. Ultimately they need yep. to part ways. Yep. Uh, we need to get into a couple of injuries here. Yep. Um, otherwise I'll, I will talk Lakers all day on accident. <laughs> um, that will happen. But uh, Zach Levine now out for the first couple of games of the season. Yeah. We, the bulls already have injury concerns here going on. They've already got issues with Lonzo ball. And now you've got Zach Levine. We've wondered whether or not the bulls might be a team to pull the plug. This I'm not I'm not saying this is that point certainly isn't but it doesn't help. No, it's worrisome. Eh? And this is knee stuff, and they're calling it uh, injury management. Like injury management in games one and two of the season, like that's not great. I don't want to see anybody. You know, if you're hurt, you're hurt, and just call it that. If you need injury management this early in the year, like where where are we going? So it's just I, I was worried about the Bulls coming in as the rest of the East continues to get better. Uh, I. Lonzo's out for who knows how long now Levine's going to miss some time. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like we're never, I tweeted this earlier today. We're never going to see this bulls team like as they envisioned it. Like, and that, that, that makes me a little bit bummed out. Yeah. Yeah. They were, um, as we've talked about, they were a lot of fun at the beginning of last year. They were one of the more exciting teams and uh, things mm-hmm. seem to be not, not going in a positive direction. Uh, when we look at teams who could potentially make a move to try to, you know, uh, reset things. They Maybe they're one of them. We'll see. And if DeMar DeRozan plays at all like he did last year, that's all of a sudden a really nice trade chip to do mm-hmm. something. You got Vooch if teams are looking for a big on an expiring deal. You could see them kind of say, all right, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bottom this out, get a nice pick. We'll reset around a healthy Lonzo, a healthy Zach Levine, and whoever we draft and go. You know, maybe, maybe that is the direction this Bulls team goes. I think more teams need to do that, honestly. You need to be able be willing to very quickly say, nope, this isn't it. We're we're going a different direction. But, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Get yeah, the DeRozan said- in fantasy, right? Yeah, he he should have plenty of opportunities to put up yeah. put up numbers. Um, their first is only top four protected this year. That's yeah. that could oh, be a complicating right. factor. Right. Go to Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Good, good point. Well, the, if you land in the top four, then you know you gotta try to get down that low, I guess. But yeah, sure. Yeah, you end up little little less lottery luck and you get pushed out. So yeah, you're gonna have some competition through the tank. Yeah, I was funny. I saw a lot of people saying last night like the Lakers should just tank, go go for one Binyama and. They can't they own their they or they don't have control of their pick. It's they a, there's a pick swap. But yeah. There's a pick swap with New Orleans and the, the yeah. highest pick they could get is the second pick, and that would require the Lakers and the Pelicans <laughs> to be the worst teams in the NBA uh, for that for that to happen. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, okay. Victor Oladipo obviously has dealing with knee concerns yeah. already. That's not a good sign. This is a guy who spent a lot of time injured over the last few years. Felt like he was he had gotten back on track yeah. last year it's pretty good in the now, playoffs. Yeah. yeah and now here we are again yeah and that's a blow for miami that team doesn't have as much depth as i think people think they may have they actually do have decent guard depth so that's good this presumably opens the door for duncan robinson to get back into the rotation more uh to start the year but oladipo and hero there were a lot of times when they they got I think we're looking to get some mileage out of those two guys playing, you know, as the, you know, kind of combo guard backcourt uh, off the bench at times. And, you know, we're, we're probably just not going to see it for a little bit uh, with that one. So, yeah, I, I, I don't, it just makes me a little sad too. Cause I like Victor Oladipo. I you know, really became a fan of his when he played for the magic and just, it's a little bummer the way, you know, these last, you know, 
like I guess we're going to what four years now for yeah. him after he became an All NBA guy in Indiana. It's just you know kind of really gone off the rails after that knee injury, and it's just he's never quite gotten it back. Injuries are the worst. They we got one more uh, late breaking story here. Okay. Uh, um, Eric Paschal, two way uh, with Minnesota, is going to be waived. Um, uh, Chom Sharani and Mike Scotto of uh, Hoopsite both uh, both reporting that um, Minnesota is waiving uh, Eric Paschal. So they'll, they'll have a two way spot open. Generally, when this happens at this point, it's one of two things either the player is hurt or they've got something lined up where they want That's to bring somebody else. I'm guessing. I wouldn't be surprised if this is they go back to AJ Lawson, who was with them all of camp. And I know they kind of liked on a two way if they bring him back in on another two way over Pascal. But, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. And presumably that'll, you know, get, get itself worked out here in the next little bit. All right. So last night was technically opening night, but tonight a lot more games yeah, league pass on the opening. schedule. League pass opening night. Yes, indeed. What are there? There's like, oh man, there's 13. like what, 12, 13. Yeah. 12 or 13. Yeah. Games yep. on the on the schedule. I know the the Clippers don't have their opener till tomorrow. Yeah. Anybody else? Uh, who Clippers and somebody else. Somebody uh, has to be. Is it maybe Milwaukee? Yeah, I want to say. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. 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 They open tomorrow. Only two games tomorrow night. Opening week's always a little weird, right? Because they don't want anybody to open with back to backs and all that sort of stuff. So right. yeah, Clippers, Lakers, and uh, Bucks, Sixers. So a couple good ones on TNT to, tomorrow night. So tonight, uh, what? I've got two matchups that I've particularly highlighted that I want to check out this evening. And, and of course I'll pop around a lot of them, but uh, two are at the top of mind. What uh, for me, it's Mavs and Suns and uh, Nets and Pelicans are the top of my list that I want to check out. Do you have any that are, that you're uh, really hoping to see tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously those two pretty high on my list. I think, um, Trailblazers Kings in that 10 o'clock window is just yes. going to be fun because it's going to be a ton of points. I think scored. Unfortunately, Keegan Murray's not going to play yeah. uh, for Sacramento. That's a little bit of a bummer. I'm that curious. Is, to... That's the highest uh, over under line of the night. 229 projected points. Over, 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 over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Smash the over. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, Nuggets. Oh, Jazz. I'm sorry. Two, sorry. 231 and a half for Pelicans and Nets. Right, I missed, I missed over. that one. Yeah. Uh, Nuggets Jazz just to see uh, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. And then um, I'm obviously very interested to see Magic Pistons, just two young teams uh, going at it. But there's some good ones too. You know, Cavs Raptors is a really fun game. Um, you know, their Knicks Grizzlies should be be a fun one. Yeah. I I, I saw some stuff. People were like, yeah, this league pass schedule tonight's kind of junk. And I'm like, really? I think there's a whole bunch of games. There. I, I, maybe I'm just overly excited for the whole thing to start up but yeah i'm looking forward to popping all around while i also monitor uh the alcs too on the second screen so that's happening, that'll, as, that'll as, be well. happening as well the the subplot of mavs and sons is going to be really interesting just you know everything that happened in game sure. seven last year and, yep. and all of that uh the only projected blowout is uh hawks and and rockets there's a that's a the the uh hawks have a 10 point uh edge there they're minus 10 other, other than that everything's supposed to be fairly close you got seven and a half Heat over Bulls, but that's. Oh no! Yeah. Wait, I've got ten and a half Minnesota and, and OKC. So there's okay, a I was going to say, yeah, there's going to be a couple Nuggets, Jazz, Nuggets, probably. Jazz as well. But there's okay. still enough close yeah. ones here that yeah, that and a couple of those will be close. You get weird stuff in the first couple weeks of the season. Um, I'll say this too: I'm not going to run through them all here. If you're super interested, go look at my Twitter timeline at Keith Smith NBA. A whole bunch of guys uh, triggered guarantees in their contracts uh, today. Some full guarantee 
became fully guaranteed. Some become partially guaranteed for a pretty big number just by being on the opening night roster. That's how uh, that is one of the more popular guarantee dates we see written in the contracts. But you can find that on my Twitter. I did a couple tweets about that this morning. All right, guys, make sure you check that out at Keith Smith NBA. I think that's about it for us today. NBA season is back. Can't wait for even more basketball tonight. Make sure you are subscribing to the NBA front office YouTube channel. Don't forget to head over to our podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Make sure you are subscribing there and give us that five-star rating and review. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.